tuning in to this episode of Barbershop Sports Talk, the 75th episode of Barbershop Sports Talk. Wherever you are, however you may be listening, I want to thank you for making me and this show part of your day, whether it be via SoundCloud, Apple, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or WJCU Radio, 7.30 to 8.30 a.m. every Saturday morning, me, your host, Daryl D. Lane, as always, being recorded from Sunnyside Studios and Murphy Hall 372 and John Carroll University, University of Ohio. Uh, great show today. Really excited. Spring break's coming up. I will not be going anywhere warm. Um, you know, it's just like someone's like, Daryl, you're going to get a tan. And I was like, well, it is that type of season now, so I might have a little bit of a tan. Some of you won't be able to tell, though, because uh, <laughs> I'm a little bit darker. But uh, no, I-, I can't wait. I can't wait for spring break. I will have some very interesting stories next show when we come on. It's going to be really interesting. But here's what I want to play. Happy to be back home. Country roads. You know, you know. Uh, I'm sorry. That was not really good singing. But I'm happy. I'm going back to Buffalo. I will approximately be back in Buffalo the 716. Hopefully around 3, 3:45. Hopefully my ride doesn't be flake out on me. I mean, that's the only thing that could stop this from happening. You know, Buffalo is not the country roads. It's not necessarily like West Virginia. But it is something to behold. Trust me. And as always, we will start with. So my name's Daryl, it's my other brother Daryl, and that over there, that's my cousin Daryl. So I'm about to tell you what's going on in the world of sports, according to me, Daryl. 
they were lame. You got it, okay? And yes, me, Daryl, I will be telling you what's going on in the world of sports. You want to know what? I'm going to be honest. This is how I judge sports. I'm a critic. I'm a skeptic. I'm analytical. I'm realistic. And I'm not too emotional. I'll be more honest with you. Never been a big LeBron James. I'm a fan of him off the court of what he's done. You know, Chris Mims, Rich Paul, Maverick Carter. I mean, Randy Mims. But I will say this. I'm not a fan of his 3-6 record in the NBA Finals. I'm not a fan that despite his 3-6 record in the Finals, people have the audacity. To say he's better than Michael Jeffrey Jordan? Get out of here. Maybe it's because I grew up realizing and idolizing Kobe being Bryant, who was supposed to be LeBron James' quote-unquote rival. Everybody, including Fonz Over, maybe that's what annoys me. Here's more of my critique of LeBron James. He shoots too many threes, takes too many jump shots in the waning moments, and he's a bad free-throw shooter. I've doubted LeBron numerous times. I said after 2011, his 2011 meltdown against the Dallas Mavericks in the NBA Finals when the fro when the chosen ones turned into the frozen one, eight points in a game four, I thought he would never be able to recover. I, then I saw I was wrong. 2012, fast forward one year later, LeBron James at a game six in Boston. He's down 3-2. Kevin Garnett. Ray Allen, Rajon Rondo, and Paul Pierce look like they will close out LeBron James. The big three Miami Heat will be dismantled. LeBron James goes off. 40-plus points, 10-plus rebounds, 5 assists. Heat win that game, force game 7, end up beating OKC in 5. LeBron James says it's about damn time gets his first championship. I said in 2015, during the regular season, LeBron's not the best player in the NBA. Then... I saw the NBA Finals when Kyrie Irving and Kevin Love both were not playing. Here's what LeBron James averaged. 36 points, 13 rebounds, 9 assists. When his second best player was Matthew Delvadova. Have you heard of him since? No, you haven't. LeBron took that Warriors team to 6 games. And Andre Godagla, the guy that held LeBron James to 36 points, 13 rebounds, and 9 assists. Got finals, MVP. I said in 2016, Steph Curry was the best player in the NBA. Steph Curry averaging 30 points per game. Steph Curry, unanimous MVP. Dominating the game with his shooting. Then you want to know what happened? I saw the finals. I saw LeBron have one of the greatest stretches of play I've ever seen. I saw LeBron in the 2016 finals average 30 points, 11 rebounds, 9 assists, and dominate the game and make it clear and very well known to me, Daryl, you're being an idiot. LeBron is still the best player in the NBA, and I haven't doubted that since. LeBron proved me wrong every step of the way. His back's against the wall. The world's bearing down on him. Hell, LeBron just does typical LeBron stuff. Like I said, everybody's betting against him. Wednesday night. New Orleans Pelicans. If they lose, the Lakers are out the playoff race in our minds, in our hearts. You know what LeBron does? I said the Lakers would have made the playoffs. I doubted LeBron. I doubted the Lakers. All LeBron does is have his best game in months. 33 points, 10 rebounds, 6 assists on an efficient 54% shooting from the field. Hit a turnaround three on Drew Holiday, one of the best perimeter defenders in the NBA. 
Lakers go up six, beat the Pelicans. Anthony Davis is on the bench like, damn, that's too good. And I'll say this in the words of the great Mark Jackson. Oh, mama, there goes that man. And that's LeBron James. Oh, mama, there goes that man. Making plays when plays need to be made. Doing what needs to be done. So until I'm finally proven wrong. Until I am finally proven wrong. Here are my assertions. LeBron's team will make the playoffs. I repeat, here are my assertions. LeBron's team, James' team, the Los Angeles Lakers, will make the playoffs. They will get the seventh seed in the playoffs. And they will put themselves in position. They will put themselves in position to make a deep run into the Western Conference Finals. Let me repeat this. LeBron's team will make the playoffs. LeBron's team will get the seventh seed, and they will put themselves in position to go to the Western Conference Finals. Those are my assertions. And the reason why I make that assertion is because I've seen LeBron James too many times pull out greatness when greatness is necessary. Remember that Cleveland Cavaliers team last year? J.R. Smith, Kevin Love? Had a bunch of scrubs playing. All LeBron James did was average 34 points and 9 rebounds, 9 assists, and dragged that team through the Eastern Conference. I will not bet against LeBron. It hasn't looked pretty, but you want to know what? LeBron will have to prove to me over and over and over again that he is not that guy anymore. And what I mean by that is LeBron will have to miss the playoffs. He will have to miss the playoffs. Until then, LeBron, you are still the best player in the NBA. LeBron, you will get your team to the playoffs. And LeBron, no team in the NBA playoffs will want to face you besides the Golden State Warriors. And I'm not even sure they want to see you. Because you hit KD up for 58-8. First game of the NBA Finals, if we all remember. J.R. Smith screwed that one up. That calls that doing a J.R. Smith throw the ball at the damn clock. Okay. Coming up next, after the break on Barbershop Sports Talk, I'm going to have Boston Celtics athletic reporter... Clevis Murray on the show. Cut him next as the break on Barbershop Sports Talk. Oh, we're back with Barbershop Sports Talk, and we have a special guest with us, Clevis Murray, contributor for the Athletic Boston and Death Pen Hoops. How you doing, Clevis? Now, now, the first thing I want to talk to you about since you cover the Celtics is, can you can you just talk about the whole ordeal with, you know, Kyrie Irving and the organization? It looks like, you know, the organization, Boston Celtics, Danny Ainge, they're really happy they want Kyrie to resign. Kyrie's kind of been iffy. He's given mixed answers. Can you just explain that relationship? Yeah, no, I think, the, uh, I think that they're going to be fine. Um, just, it's a six-month season. You know, obviously, he's got leaked out. News gets leaked out. Because people have different agendas. Um... But, I mean, I can't say what, you know, Kyrie Irving's feeling. I can't do the Angels' feeling. But it's what it looks like from my perspective, at least. You know, I just think that, you know, Kyrie's just annoyed that, you know, there's rumors out there that involve his name because, you know, like any other human being, you know, our name means a lot to us. And when people are making up things that may or may not be true, it hurts us and makes us feel bad. Um, but I think when it comes to Danny Ainge, I don't know. Danny Ainge hasn't, to my knowledge, hasn't said anything about this. Um... But I think I think both sides are fine. Um, I think it's just overblown because the team itself hasn't been too hot. 
you know, the Milwaukee Bucks are having seasons like the Celtics should be having. You know, look at the, the roster, the depth, and things like that. Um, that night, I think the team is fine. I think things are just getting overblown just because, you know, it's a six-month season. Uh, and just so many things can happen. So many things can get reported. And uh, actually, you know, there was one report uh, that I read that uh, a lot of, I guess a lot of Kyrie's issues were that, you know, he doesn't like the fact that, it, I guess it's being said that if the Celtics get Anthony Davis, that automatically means he's going to stay, like in terms of like manipulation. And I guess that that just kind of gets in like Kyrie's a bit of a different guy. I think everybody could agree on that. But how is he different from your everyday superstar? Um, I mean, Kyrie's for sure. I mean, I think some guys, some people realize that too. Is like, you know, these guys play basketball for a living. It's their job to play the play the game. Every every personality is different. Um, Kyrie's a really laid back guy. Um, obviously, he likes to keep to himself, which is fine. Nobody has a problem with that. You know, I remember you know one Celtics assistant coach like, you know, Kyrie's a guy that appreciates conversation. You know, if he, if he says the ball, he expects a response to that because he just likes the genuineness of just regular being a regular human being. Um, so, uh, yeah, he's, he is different, but then again, we're all different to somebody, right? You know, Kyrie's different to the, to the entire world because he doesn't post his entire life on social media. He's not doing what people think he should be doing. Um, but, I mean, at the end of the day, what, what people mainly care about, sadly, is how, how he produces on the court, not with his person or his own being as a person. Um, so he's fine as a superstar. I mean, he knows his role as the team. He, he embraces it. Like, he kept saying, like, yeah, like, he's a leader of this team. Um, and he just has to go out there and prove it, you know, being the being one of the top tier talents in the league and on this team. Now, you mentioned before, you know, the Milwaukee Bucks, they're having the season that, you know, Boston should be having right now. I mean, Boston, they, last year they were 1-1 one, one away from making it to the NBA Finals without Kyrie Irving and Gordon Hayward. You bring both of those back, the team the team struggled. Now I'm in the fourth, fifth slot right now. What, where, where do you think it kind of went wrong for Boston, or why do you think there's been a regression? Uh, maybe just maybe too deep for their own good. I mean, that seems just something that we really don't know what's the issue with this team. Um, maybe it is just that maybe the team is dependent on their superstars. Maybe the team's regressed a little bit talent-wise. Maybe teams have caught into their schemes. Maybe the team players are playing differently. Maybe roles are different. Like you can't really pinpoint what is different about this team. I guess for a playoff run, you can say like the team was more free flowing, freestyling because it was whoever was going to rock out, right? You know, if it was Tatum one night, Jalen Brown the next, then Terry Rozier. You know, not something else you expect it to be. Kyrie, like to be Gordon. Um, so that's that the main thing that's different with this team. Um, but outside of that, I don't see anything else. But, I mean, they're not really having that bad of a season. I mean, they're on pace for 50 wins. The Bucks and Raptors are on pace for 60 wins. You know, as well as we've seen two teams win 60 games within the same conference. You know, so we're having an anomaly year in the Eastern Conference. Um, it's a good year. It's a great year for the for the, for the NBA of that conference. Um, but I think the Celtics figured out. I think they'll get it together. But if you're them, you might want to try and get to that three seed and try to not face Philadelphia in the first round, but the way it looks, looks like that probably will be the case. Um, I believe the Celtics are a game and a half behind of Philly for that fourth spot. So, I mean, there's 20-odd games left in the season, so we should have to see how it plays out. And uh, really about the whole Celtics season as a microcosm, I mean, it's like kind of like they've struggled against, you know, the lesser teams, but they've done well against the better teams. I mean, they play Golden State tough. They, they've kind of dominated Philadelphia. They went every game. They played the, the Philadelphia 76ers. They've done well against Toronto this year. They just had a close loss to Milwaukee. And I mean, with Indiana, without Victor Aladipo, they'd be favored to beat them. So, 
do you well, why do you think there's such a discrepancy in this team in terms of how they play against the top competition and the lower competition? I think it's simple. It's just you play up to your competition. Um, I mean, it's kind of like you play basketball in real life too. Like sometimes you play up to your competition, you play down to your competition. Like when you when you believe that you can beat a team, you don't really have to bring it. It could be. It could just be that maybe because those other teams are playing much harder because they know what this team's about. Um, so I mean, the Celtics are are playing well against who they need to play against. Well, um, they're they're just struggling against who they should be beating. Um, so I mean, again, there's no true answer to that. It's just this just inconsistency this season. Um, but I think what matters most is how this team plays in the postseason. I mean, that's that's all what anybody cares about. But it's about playoffs. Uh, you know, right season is mainly for their seedings and what side Celtics are either going to be between that three and five seed. Um, so that that's what I think the most about that. The uh, who they beat, who they play. And when you talk about you know the Celtics, you know all the matters is the postseason, right? Uh, yeah, and that's kind of the reason why I'm not necessarily the most worried about Boston because at the end of the day, I think they have the best clutch player in the conference in Kyrie Irving. I think they have one of the best uh, in-game adjustment coaches in Brad Stevens, which are two very important things when it comes to the postseason. So do you think that brain trust is what the Celtics are kind of holding their hat on, that clutch factor from Kyrie and that coaching from Brad Stevens? Um, I mean, it comes down to more than that. It comes down to the team, right? Like Kyrie cannot win a game by himself. It's a team game. Um, so the team has to play well. The team has to get fully healthy, too, when Aaron Baines comes back. Um... So obviously, like you trust Brad Stevens, because again, he's been here for I believe like six, seven years now. So there's something to him that still appeals to the Celtics organization. Um, you know, we haven't heard, we haven't seen anything that may, like that may give any implications that you know the team may be tired of Brad. He just signed, I think, an extension. So I think Brad's here to stay. And Kyrie Irving, yeah, he is clutch, but again, it's a team game. The others have to play though. You know, Kyrie can only do so much. It's about what. What can Marcus Morris do? What can Al Horford do? What can Terrell there do? You know, Aaron Baines, so on and so on and so on. Um, so it's about the team that's playing the perfect game. And the team has shown glimpses of that, right? I mean, if Kyrie Irving has to be that, has to come through for the team in the clutch, then he has to do that. If he has to take over the games, then he has to do that. Because what matters to Aaron Baines is how the team wins and if they win. Uh, nobody cares if they win. As long as you get a W, a W is a W. Now, now, we've kind of seen how the whole, like, Anthony Davis ordeal affected the, the Lakers. But how, how do you think it's affected the Celtics, if at all? I mean, you know, there's kind of, there's been a lot of reports. There's been a lot of speculation, you know, that Danny Ainge, uh, th- they are going to may- maybe or not give up Tatum Brown or whatever to try to get Anthony Davis in the summer to pair with Kyrie Irving. How much is that, like, a real thinking in the locker room with some of, them young, some of those young players wondering, will I be here past next year? Um, I mean, I think the guys, they, they know it's part of the business. It's part of their job, right? You know, every, every person in the NBA – will be in trade rumors, you know, that's pretty interesting, or in trade talks, whatever. Um, and I think with these guys, I knew that Andy Davis wasn't coming to Boston this year unless Kyrie was traded, and that definitely was not going to happen. Um, but I think these guys, it's about, you know, it's about doing what's best for yourself, too. So these guys just got to ball out, they got to play well, get their value up. Um, it's all about that second contract, that third contract, that fourth contract. Um, so I don't think, I don't think it's, it's the guys at all. I mean, again, I, I'm saying, I perspective, again, if I was in there, but when you're on the when you're when you're on the court, you know, you're probably just sewing up you're trying to put the game like this Because you may not get traded, you may move back like you're trying to look at the market. Um so I, I think I don't think it pays the guys that much from my point of view. Um day you're trying to win games, you're trying to play the future and you focus on something to not work for any team or something. So I I think that's the best I can answer that question. 
Now, now, how do you think young players in the locker room perceive Kyrie Irving? Because, you know, a while ago, Kyrie made the statement that, you know, he, he kind of wishes what, what he knows now in terms of his relationship with LeBron and kind of, I guess, how he's trying to impart that wisdom in the younger guys. How, what do you think is, like, the, the relationship between, like, a Kyrie Irving and a, a Terry Rozier, a Jalen Brown, and Jason Tatum? what I do want to talk about is, you know, there's also been a lot of reports, I guess, about what Anthony Davis, you know, I guess his dad recently came out and said uh, the, the Isaiah Thomas, the reason why Anthony Davis, you know, doesn't want to come to Boston, even though Anthony Davis kind of rejected that, saying he wants to he'll play for any team in the league. Uh, do you do you think that Anthony Davis wants to come to Boston? Uh, I, 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 I have no idea. I don't know. It's hard to tell because Clevis, I want to thank you for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. And counter next, after the break on Barbara's Sports Talk, I'm going to explain to you why I'm not completely sold on Kyler Murray. Come next, after the break on Barbara's Sports Talk. And it's not because of the man's height either. back with Barbershop Sports Talk. Again, I want to thank Clevis Murray for coming on the show. Really appreciate that. Coming up next, after our next break, we're going to have Ben Karen, host of the Sports Squabbler podcast, podcaster by night, school teacher by day, Ben Karen. Always interesting to have Ben on. I love having Ben on. Ben has a lot of interesting takes. I'm going to talk to Ben about the Seattle Seahawks. I'm going to talk to Ben about the Ohio uh, 
Dwayne Haskins, Kyler Murray. Uh, what's been going on with the Robert Kraft scandal? Uh, ben Karen, uh, he lived in New England for a while. So a lot of great st- sports topics to talk about with Ben. But here's where I want to start. Uh, before we get to my concerns about Kyler Murray, and like I said, it's not height-driven. You're going to want to hear that. The Arizona Cardinals will either take Dwayne Haskins or Kyler Murray with the number one overall pick in this upcoming NFL draft. And I know that because something's happened with Josh Rosen, uh, the young quarterback in his second year now with the Arizona Cardinals. And I, and I remember it personifies Josh Rosen's personality. And I said this, I didn't cut the clip for you guys, but I said this around episode 38. You can go back and listen to it roughly around there. And what I said was, you can tell a lot about a person by how others treat them. An example I used was, listen, tells a lot about you if you don't give that waiter or waitress a tip at a restaurant. Makes you look like an a-hole. When it comes time for job recommendations and the person who you put down on that job recommendation blasts you, let you know something's wrong. Something's not right. Josh Rosen had his coach, Jim Mora Jr., criticize him before the draft. That's not what coaches do. Coaches pump you up. They build you up. And they won't tell any of your weaknesses. They'll tell all your strengths. That's why lots of scouts, they don't go to coaches. They don't, especially your head coach, because they don't think they're going to accurate report of who you are. So it tells you something about Josh Rosen's personality that's a little bit off. But here's next where I want to go. Cliff Kingsbury, and this has just been reported, Peter Schrager in his mock draft, very credentialed NFL reporter, has Kyler Murray going number one overall to the Cardinals. And listen, Peter Schrager isn't hearsay. Peter Schrager's a legit, a legit reporter. So Peter, Peter Schrager's hearing stuff through the grapevine. There's been reports from guys like Matt Miller that I know hear stuff. Draft experts. Kyler number one. Maybe this could all be a smokescreen. Maybe they could want Dwayne Haskins. Maybe they'd have Drew Locke, the quarterback out of, out of Mizzou. Maybe, maybe they could want Daniel Jones, the quarterback out of Duke. But what I do know is they don't want Josh Rosen. Because if you had a young quarterback and you were really in love with him, you were really invested in him, you really thought he could be your franchise, you wouldn't be courting other rookie quarterbacks. There would be no reports. There would be no mocks. You think there's any mocks to any quarterbacks going to the New York Jets? Hell no. Because of Sam Darnold. Are there any mocks having any quarterbacks go to Buffalo? Hell no, because of Josh Allen. Any mocks of any quarterbacks going to Cleveland, the Cleveland Browns? Hell no, because of Baker Mayfield. So Patrick Mahomes? Hell no. No, no. They are because they're not in love with Josh Rosen. They are not sold on Josh Rosen. And that's a big, that, that's a Josh Rosen problem. At least it's going to be. <laughs> it's going to be. That's what I'm going to lose your job. Josh Rosen, they are not sold on Josh Rosen. Because if you're a sold on your young quarterback, this isn't even a story. Not even a discussion. Now, here are my concerns with Kyler Murray. So, Kyler Murray, he weighed in about 207 pounds, around height 5'10". So, he is kind of what we thought he was. Under 6 foot. Doesn't weigh too much. He's small. For NFL size. Actually, in terms of weight and height, me and Kyler Murray are virtually the same size. Me and Kyler Murray are virtually the same size. So I guess, you know, when I had that little dream one day of playing a quarterback in the NFL, you know, me me and Kyler have some physical attributes that are kind of similar. Even though Kyler's much 
stronger probably and much faster, much more athletic and much more fluid with this motion and has better feet and uh, is superior athletically in every which way possible. But still, I mean, we're, we, have, we have one comp. We have the same size, roughly. <laughs> uh, but we already knew that, right? The size doesn't matter with me, Kyler Murray. You know, but it's reported that he will not throw. That concerns me. It's also been reported. Well, actually, it has been reported. It's just been flat out shown. Awful interviewing skills. And I wonder about his commitment to football. Those are my three things with Kyler Murray. First, why? You know, all this has to do with personality. It boils down to personality. If you don't throw, it makes me question why. Are you afraid of getting exposed? There have been their statements made. People have said, people that I respect like Matt Miller have said, he's been trading for baseball for the last six months, eight months. He wasn't preparing for this. You want to know what? You know what I like to see for my quarterbacks? Quarterbacks that aren't afraid to fail. Tom Brady has never been afraid to fail. That's why Tom Brady's the GOAT. That's why Tom Brady's great. Also, from a competitive standpoint, Dwayne Haskins is going to throw. If you're Kyler Murray, you want to be the number one overall pick, how about you say this? I'm going to go toe-to-toe with you. I don't care. I'm going to be better than you. I would love that. I would love that chip on his shoulder. Didn't happen. Made the quote-unquote business decision. Kyler Murray, interviewing skills. They were god-awful. Now, you know, as a you know, podcast or radio show host, I've had some awful interviews in my time. Uh, whether it's been me or the person I've been interviewing, but... Kyler Murray's interview was awful, and if you, if none of you have ever seen it, just type in Dan Patrick, Kyler Murray interview, and it made me had so much respect for Dan Patrick as an interviewer, and there are things that I can take from him, how to pull information out better, because I don't know what I would have done if I had Kyler Murray. Just these one-word answers, just like, uh, Dan Patrick's like, do you have the Heisman in your house? Kyler Murray's like, uh, uh, I don't know, huh? Just really weird. Just really weird. And then, and then... We get to the third problem, his commitment to football. You know, baseball's still, you know, right around the corner for Kyler. Football doesn't work out, I can go to baseball. I want to know if he's all in in football. Now, you know, not one foot in the door, not one foot in the other door, and they're not kind of both ways, and they're not looking at, uh, not, you're with the other girl, but you're looking behind at the other girl. You know, you know guys like that. No, all in, together forever with football. Studying the playbook, being about that grind. Dwayne Haskins, I have none of those conversations. I know Dwayne Haskins loves football. No, Dwayne Haskins is a leader. No, Dwayne Haskins can have a conversation. No, Dwayne Haskins is competitive, wants to throw. So right now, if we're doing a stock, stock up, stock down, number one, number two quarterback. I'm going to have Dwayne Haskins one right now. Dwayne Haskins is my QB one. Kyler Murray is my QB two. That can change. And it probably will change because over spring break, I'm going to be watching some film, a little bit of film. My film, I mean YouTube videos of games. And I'm going to break it down a little bit, you know, so I can get a better understanding of some of these players. Um, and that's just what I'm going to do. You know, I'm kind of a football nerd, football junkie, and I like doing that type of stuff. So that's what I'm going to be doing a little bit over spring break, besides all the fun I'm going to be having. But, uh, yeah, so that's what I'm going to be doing. And then we'll we'll see how much the stock changes up, down, play, play fluctuates with that. But personality right now, leadership, intangibles, I'm going with Dwayne Haskins. Okay, cut up next after the break on Barbershop Sports Talk. We're going to have Ben Karen, host of the Sports Squabbler podcast. Cut up next after the break on Barbershop Sports Talk. Okay. 
Now, now, Ben, you know, it's really interesting that you say that because, you know, you're an avid Ohio State fan. You follow them. Are you, and, you know, you would know better than most. Are you saying you don't think necessarily Dwayne Haskins will be ready for the NFL? Yeah, I don't think he's immediately going to be ready to uh, start and impact the team in week one of this coming season. I think any, any team that takes him on um, has a project on their hands. I think he's got some good talent. He could potentially be a starter in the NFL with the right kind of training and, and a little bit of luck. Um, but I don't think I think if you're looking at one guy to uh, to impact the team week one, I, I would go with Kyler Murray. And I, I think another thing that uh, that's working in Kyler's favor here is there have been a number of NFL players that really aren't that big and we've seen them have success in recent years guys like drew Brees, guys like russell wilson uh, that are now corner pieces in nfl franchises so i think the success of those guys will open up the door a little bit for kyler murray however at the same point in time i think the general consensus among the nfl is bigger is still better as far as trying to find those bigger dudes that are going to be more durable uh guys like big ben roethlisberger and peyton manning kind of come to mind offhand and and ben i want to uh, uh, bounce off that point because you know, we've seen got running quarterbacks before. Like, for example, Michael Vick, another guy that was electric, uh, small. Michael Vick got banged up in the NFL. Robert Griffin III, to me, that's why his career uh, was cut short in terms of him being a star. Injuries. How can Kyler Murray stay upright at, a, at 207 pounds, 5'10", soaking wet? Well, I, I think he's got to adapt his game a little bit. Uh, he's, a, he's a very good passer. And I think he's going to have to develop into more of a pocket passer as opposed to a true dual threat quarterback. Because I think if we start asking him to run the ball 10, 12 times a game, one of those injuries is inevitably going to happen. You know, but at the same point in time, he can use some of that um, elusiveness that he has to avoid uh, pass rushers and try to find open targets downfield. I think a lot of it, too, is some of these guys that are, you had mentioned, you know, such as Michael Vick or Robert Griffin III, I think they're more willing to take hits than guys today, too. Um, You know, I think the general consensus nowadays, even if you have a scrambling quarterback, is try to get down and get out of bounds as quick as you can um, so that you're avoiding some of those heavy hits. What do you think is Kyler Murray's trait that makes him special? Well, right now, I think he's a quarterback that can do a couple of different things pretty well. Sometimes you get a quarterback and they can only do one thing really well. But Kyler Murray was not exceptional, I don't believe, in any one category. He has a couple different things that he seems to be able to do really well. I I think he is a pretty accurate passer, which is good. And I also think he is a quarterback that has enough mobility where he can elude pass rushers and he can make 
some occasional plays with his feet. Now talk about what Dwayne Haskins does. Well, how, what is Dwayne Haskins' prospect to you? Well, I see Dwayne Haskins as more of a passer. I think he's a little bit more accurate than Kyle Murray. But I, I think that his running ability is not nearly as, as good. Um, I see Dwayne Haskins as maybe a little bit more of your traditional quarterback. Um little bit of a bigger guy um you know i i think that he's just inexperienced is probably the 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 biggest knock against him at this point in time Uh, he only started for one year in college and i just don't know if that's enough i mean for some guys you you just you see kind of a transcendent level of talent I, i was wrong about trevor lawrence trevor lawrence is really good and I think we kind of saw that as the season went on, and that kind of crescendoed for all of us as fans uh, when he just dismantled Alabama in the championship game. Now, here's what I want to know because you know this is I guess this will be my one knock on Kyler Murray in relation to Dwayne Haskins because right now if I if I'm doing stock who am I hiring on right now I'd have Dwayne Haskins one and have Kyle Murray two Kyle Murray two and here's the reason so far we're starting with the combine here's what I'm looking for first of all I, I necessarily don't like that Kyler Murray's reportedly not going to throw Dwayne Haskins is going to throw that shows me that one guy isn't kind of scared of the competition like hey I'll take you I'll take you I want to take the initiative the other guy is just kind of sitting back like hey I take notice of that do you think I'm crazy no not at all notice of it too I think that the only reason why some people are going to put Kyler Murray ahead is because he he can present more potential options to you he is truly a dual threat quarterback although I think if he's going to have sustained success in the NFL he's going to have to develop into more of that pocket passer now Ben what I do Say that again, Ben. I said I like Haskins. Okay, I like I like I like Haskins too. Now, the, my next question for you would be, given what's happened, and I want to segue a little bit about college football, and but this segues into college basketball too. Given with the Zion Williams injury, um, people have made the statement that Zion shouldn't play another game in college basketball. He should save himself for the NFL. Now, Ben, I think that's asinine. I think you would too. But here's what I want to ask you: People are starting to say the same thing about Trevor Lawrence at Clemson. Because there's a lot of people that think Trevor Lawrence is better than both Kyler Murray and Dwayne Haskins right now. Do you think that it would be crazy for Trevor Lawrence to quit college football, play in the AFF or whatever, or just sit out for the rest of till his eligibility comes up and not risk another game being unpaid by a university? That's a really tough question to answer. I think that at this point in time, the guy's got to play. Um, I think that, yes, you could save yourself, but I think you really risk uh, some very negative narratives about you as a player if you sit for an entire season. I think NFL teams and fans, they want to be behind people that are competitors, guys that want to win. Um, and when you look at Trevor Lawrence, 
I think Clemson's the perfect spot for him to be in. You know, he's he's around right now, a program that's going to get him ready for the NFL. And I think for him at this moment, it's not even about how can I increase my draft stock as much as it's about continuing to develop as a quarterback. Because I can tell you this, one more year playing for Clemson under Dabo Sweeney, and I think he's going to be much more ready to take that next step towards becoming a quarterback in the NFL. So that's kind of what I see. Now for him, I think it's just about how do I take the leap from just being a quarterback that's capable of playing at the NFL level, Kyler Murray, Dwayne Haskins, guys like that, to a guy that can come in week one and start having an immediate impact uh, for a football team in the NFL. Do you, do you think that Trevor Lawrence is better than both Kyler Murray and uh, Dwayne Haskins? Yep. So you think right now if Trevor Lawrence was draft eligible, he would be the number one pick? Yeah, oh, absolutely. I don't, I don't even think it's really that close. <laughs> I love it, Ben. I love the honesty, Ben. Love it. Well, I mean, you know, Dwayne... I think Dwayne's draft stock could have really gone up if he'd stuck around another year. Um, but, you know, that, that just uh, wasn't meant to be for him. Uh, and, and just based off what what I've seen for him, there were some times for him when he didn't really look all that good, I didn't think. I mean, I just, I got to go back to that uh, night game at Purdue. I mean, that was kind of ugly for him, Daryl. Oh, the, the, don't don't remind me of that atrocity, Ben. Ben, you probably had a heart attack during that game. Oh, good God, man! I mean, I still have nightmares about that. You know, I mean, <laughs> that's not not good. Um, you know, and, and then you look at uh, at Kyler, and uh, you know, the the truth is, really, for most of the season, he was competing against Texas Tech, uh, Baylor. You know, I mean. The Big 12 is not exactly known for defense. So I I kind of take what he's done a little bit with a grain of salt. Trevor Lawrence showed up and rolled over Alabama in the national title game as a freshman. That that doesn't happen by chance. He he went to Texas A&M and helped them win that game, although I thought, you know, Kelly Bryant played a little bit better in that one than he did. Now, Ben, I want to talk some football, some NFL with you. Uh, so there was a, Colin Cowherd kind of broke some news uh, <laughs> on Monday. He made the statement. I want to know what you want to know what your take is as a Seattle Seahawks fan. He said that Russell Wilson could potentially be looking at the New York Football Giants as a potential option, and he's talking to people. I guess Sierra, Sierra, for some reason, Sierra wants to be in the New York, uh, the New York market. I guess Sierra's kind of done with Seattle, and I guess they say, "Happy wife, happy life." Is there any possibility Russell Wilson would leave Seattle? I think there's always a possibility because the NFL is a business. I don't think it would be the smart move for him, though. When you look at it. I don't think the New York football giants are an especially appealing football team to be quite fair with you. Yes, they have Odell Beckham Jr. who is 
far and away better than any offensive weapon Russell Wilson has now. But, you know, what comes along with that? He's not exactly a dude that is instilling trust in his teammates. You know, he kind of has a, a shady history of doing some things uh, that don't reflect very positively on him and his team. I'm not all in on Pat Shermer as the Giants head coach. They have work to do on the offensive line. They got work to do on the defense. Pretty much, I think the only real positive thing for Russell Wilson about going to New York would be uh, potentially a happy wife. I mean, I I guess I would put Saquon Barkley maybe in there too. Um, But, you know, don't overlook what he's got in Seattle either. For my money, if I was him, I'd rather have Doug Baldwin over OBJ. Because you know what you're going to get from Doug Baldwin. I don't care what anybody says. That guy's a baller, man. He goes out and he competes, and he's nowhere near the diva that Odell Beckham Jr. is. And they have a a stable of good young running backs as well, Um, as well as a a proven winner um, as a head football coach in Pete Carroll. If I was Russell, I'd stay put. I think the framework for Seattle is there. They... Just have to come up big on a couple of draft picks, maybe bring in a couple of talented free agents. I think they're right back in the mix. No, 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 Ben. So you said this. You said this about Odell. You know, you said he's not necessarily a team player. He's a bit of a diva. And I love you. said he has a bit of a shady past. I love that. Uh... So, so if you're saying all this about Odell, what you got to say about Antonio Brown and the drama Antonio Brown's been bringing to Pittsburgh? Well, I think if you listen really close, Antonio is part of the problem, but I don't think the problem ends in Pittsburgh with Antonio. You start hearing enough rumblings about Roethlisberger, and you start kind of looking into his past a little bit more, and to be honest with you, Daryl, I think I think Roethlisberger is at least as big of a problem as Antonio is for Pittsburgh right now. I mean, they're like a three-ring circus. They, and it's shocking because they're usually one of the most respected football teams in the NFL. But right now, I mean, I think, um, I think the locker room are like the Cleveland Browns. Kind of. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... I, I think that um, I think Antonio is very, very talented. He's certainly, you know, probably a top five wide receiver right now, even though the dude's like 30 years old. And there's going to be some team that picks him up. I, I personally think he's heading to San Francisco 49ers, uh, but I could see him rolling up in Indianapolis possibly. Um, you know, would be another place for him. I I wouldn't look past maybe seeing him in a Green Bay Packers jersey. Um, I think he's got some some options, and somebody's definitely going to pick him up. But I think it has to be a team with the right kind of leaders around. Because he is also a diva. Well, actually, you know, and, and, I, and I've said this multiple times. To- in the game. Uh, and, and, you know, I, I've said this multiple times before, Ben, uh, Pittsburgh, you know, they're talking about the killer bees, uh, Le'Veon Bell, Ben Roethlisberger, Antonio Brown. I mean, 
call them all the selfish killer bees because to me, I can make an argument. Those are the three most selfish guys that in the NFL at their prospective positions. Could I make not make that argument? Well, <laughs> I think you'd be hard pressed uh, to have somebody argue against you. I mean, with the way things are going, it's you know. I mean, I think I think it's almost like a given at this moment. So, so Ben, how can you win games when your three best players are the most selfish players on the team? Well, you can't. So I think that's why Pittsburgh would be really smart to liquidate some of these assets figure out, okay, which guy do I want to keep and get rid of the other guys. I mean, basically, we already know Le'Veon Bell's heading out. That dude is done. I mean, he didn't play all season for them. There's really no coming back from that. So he's on his way out. So, you know, I I think that the quarterback is going to win out and be the guy that stays around. Um, They have uh, Juju Smith-Schuster. So I think he can come. He's probably capable of being like a a number one wide receiver. So I think get rid of Brown, get some good assets, some draft picks, and uh, start rebuilding. You know, if I if I was them, I would probably try to pick up, uh, I would say another number two wide receiver and maybe draft a quarterback for the future. I probably wouldn't draft a quarterback this year, but I would maybe look at next year when there are some pretty talented guys coming out now Ben um, when it comes to the Dallas Cowboys uh, you know Jason Witt and Jason Witt is coming back to Dallas what are your what, what are your thoughts on that do you think that he's going to be able to still play in the league do you think this is a good move or do you think this is just kind of publicity well I mean I, uh, the first thing it tells me is that the broadcasting career is not going too well <laughs> you're telling me I mean, when somebody's willing to pay you a few million dollars not to get hit and you're still willing to willing to show up and suit back up, uh, it tells me that the broadcasting career is not going well. But I, I think it is intriguing, Daryl. And I do think uh, it's, it's going to work out. Because in a large sense, I think Jason Witten is one of the things that the Dallas Cowboys most desperately need. Uh, veteran leadership, they've got a young team right now. And I think he's going to help provide some of that veteran leadership, that stability in the locker room. And I also think he is just an excellent safety blanket for Dak Prescott. I think that he's going to be the kind of guy that can make some big third-down conversions. He's got a really good pair of hands. And I don't, uh, I don't, you know, think he's going to come back and get six, eight hundred yards of receptions this this coming season. But I think he's going to be. Uh, Probably the kind of guy that's going to get about three to four hundred very meaningful yards for this team when they when they need him to come through this year. And I think that's going to be enough to make a difference. You you know I don't want to go go on this too much and hate on the man. Uh, you know, Jason. Uh, how, how good do you think he was as a broadcaster? Did you enjoy listening to him? Uh, no, not really. <laughs> Tony Romo is probably the broadcasting thing is working out a lot better for Tony than it is for him. Oh, and I agree. I love Tony. Smart move for uh, for Jason to come back and and, and play tight end for the Dallas Cowboys. Now, here's my next question for you: Who should be in the Monday Night Football booth? Well, 
was tough. Mm. Well, I've got a name for you, and I think this would be really intriguing. Why not Peyton Manning? That's a good one. That's a good one. What I was either thinking, I was thinking either, uh, well, CBS better give uh, Tony another extension because ESP will call Tony Romo. That, 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 that's some business insight for, for CBS right now. But uh, I do think, you know, Lewis Riddick. I would not mind having Lewis Riddick up in the booth. That would be interesting. I would be game for that. Because Lewis is smart. He knows a lot about football. And when he talks, I mean, I just like listening to the dude. And I feel like he's really underutilized at ESPN. That is true. I've never seen Mo. Everybody loves Tony now. Yeah. He used to be the butt of every joke. Now, uh, Ben, my last question for you. You are from New England. Half out the Patriots a little bit. What do you make of the Robert Kraft scandal? Ben, thank you for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. Absolutely, Daryl. Anytime. It's good to uh, to talk tonight. Now, now, Ben. Now, Ben. Let us know again. Where can we find your podcast at? You can find it on SoundCloud.com. Sports Wobbler. Ben Karen, teacher by day podcaster by night. Thanks for coming on again, Ben. Anytime, Daryl. Have a good one. Now, coming up next after the break on Barbershop Sports Talk, I'm going to tell you why if you think Zion Williams should sit out the rest of the season, you are on some weak-ish. 
Coming up next at the break on Barbershop Sports Talk. back with barbershop sports talk we are ending the show uh coming up in the second hour i'm going to be on wct fm radio network on late night in the midlands if you want to continue listening to me about 1 p.m eastern time uh, for all of you who are want to hear the last hour of the show just check out wct fm radio network late night in the midlands.com type it in find me uh listen second hour Gonna be really, really interesting. Gonna have I have a couple guests that I have in mind. Haven't got anything for sure yet, so I won't name any names because that's happened to me a couple times. You know, people say, "There, I can go on," and then they don't come on. But but it's all love. It's, it's it's all love. It's all love. But I will be explaining why the Eagles did what they had to do. Take that for what you want. Um, Zion Williams, and I will have a topic for Zion. And it's my favorite topic. It's my favorite segment. It's my last name, folks. The night train as we are leaving. Zion Williams should continue to play college basketball. And I don't give a damn what anybody says. You know, I had a friend, acquaintance, another podcaster, another sports guy, somebody who was interested in getting into sports. And he was arguing back and forth with me about this. It's about the money. It's about the money. And I'm like, no, it's not just about the money. It's about developing. It's about getting better. See, and this is what I don't understand. And I will rant. These are the type of people that ain't never played sports in their damn life. Whether it be collegiately, whether it be professionally at any level, whether it be sometimes high school, damn near. How can you, people trying to explain to me, you can get more hurt in the game than you can't training. What the hell does that supposed to mean? You know what basketball players do? They play basketball. Pick up basketball. You think running, cutting, jumping at maximum force, maximum power, especially as big of explosive as you are as Zion Williams is, that you can't get hurt? It was a non-contact knee injury off a freaking shoe malfunction. Give me a damn break. Give me a damn break, man. People out here trying to make me mad. People that, see, listen. See, I try to be nice. I try to be courteous. I try to be quiet. Go out about my business. Because you want to know what people don't like when I run my mouth. People don't like it. But you know what? God damn it, I'm going to run my mouth. Zion Williams should play. He's gotten so much better. He went from not being a, the consensus number one pick to not even being most people's number one prospect in the class with R.J. Barrett and Cam Reddish, to being the consensus number one overall pick in the draft. He's gotten better from playing college, from playing college basketball. And nothing is better than live reps, live goes. This is beneficial to Zion. So get the hell out of here with that weak-ish about money. Get the hell out of here. I want to thank Clevis Murray again. I want to thank Ben Karen for coming on the show. Really appreciate both of them. Uh, especially Clevis taking some time out of his day to come on the show. Always appreciate that. Come out and help out like that. Remember, second hour of Virus Sports Talk, WCT, FM Radio Network, late night in the Midlands.com. And explain why the Eagles did what they had to do. Other than that, I want to thank everybody for tuning in to the 75th episode of Virus Sports Talk. More to come. I will be back in Buffalo, New York, my residence. Next time you hear this voice. On the next episode of Barbershop Sports Talk, thanks for tuning in.